Hi. Good morning. Thank you for being with us today. It's nice to see everyone. To those who are watching online, a welcome to you as well. We're glad that you're with us today. And uh, I don't know about you, but I'm believing all our prayers are working. I'm, I'm hoping in three or four weeks we're out of this thing, don't you? Anyone praying that way? I hope you're praying that way, for Pete's sake. Two long years. Two long years. So we're, we're believing. So let's, let's get through it together. Now, uh, I want you to open your Bibles. Uh, did I mention my name's Ray? I'm Ray. <laughs> Pastor's here. Been here a while. Just a little. Open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter, chapter 6. Stand with me one more time, would you? Now here's what I need you to do. Either watch online or open your Bibles or on your phones or whatever you got. And I want you to really, today I want us to really process what, I'm, what we're talking about today. Now, some of you, the minute I start down this road, you're going you're gonna to check out. And I'm going to ask you not to do that until I'm done. Uh, you know, you've already had your miracle this week. The 49ers beat the Packers, so there's nothing more to really think on other than this message. And hear what the word of the Lord would say to us today. Hear the word of the Lord. These aren't my words. These are his. Are we together in that? Okay, so uh, Ephesians chapter 6, we're going we're gonna to begin with verse 10, go down to verse 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything, stand. Verse 14, stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all, uh, all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Father, take your word today and let it go deep within our souls. Uh, encourage our hearts, build us up, make us more watchful. Help us to stand firm today. Let us be alert to what's taking place around us. In Christ's name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Today we're gonna talk about an unlikely subject for me anyway, and it's something that came to my heart just about 10 days ago. I wanna talk about who is against us. Want to talk about who's against this, who wants to steal all that is good in your life and mine today. Is that okay with everyone? I'm going to talk about things. Now, the minute I say wants to steal all that is good, some of you are thinking Democrats. <laughs> I'm not talking about the Democrats. I'm not talking about the Republicans. I'm not talking about Governor Inslee. I'm not talking about Governor or President Biden or all the other elected officials in Washington, D.C. I'm not talking about CNN or, or Fox who wants to steal our joy. I'm not talking about the, the philosophies of this world that seem to be gaining ground. Things like socialism, fascism, dare I say even communism. Uh, I'm not even talking about Uncle Joe who came to Christmas dinner that you are still annoyed with today. I'm not talking about any of those things. I had an aha moment a, a, a couple of weeks ago, and I've been a pastor a long, long, 
Long, long, long, long time. Long time. But my heart was burdened with this fresh revelation, that aha moment, that you've seen it in movies and you've seen it in, in books and in narratives, that moment when you're reading and you realize the person that's in the movie or, or, or in the book, they come to the conclusion, they realize that there's something behind what's going on. There's something going on that they can't quite see. What they're looking at is not the whole story. There's something behind the story. There's someone pulling the strings. Does that make sense? There's, there's the mastermind behind what's taking place. All the bad, all the evil is not the bad guy right in front of them. It's the bad guy who's controlling the bad guy who's controlling the bad guy. Does that make sense today? And, and there comes that moment in, in a movie or in a book that there's a larger, more sinister narrative out there. Someone who's pushing the buttons and, and they come to the conclusion there's someone else behind it. That's what I had. I had a fresh revelation of that. And, and it, I don't know if it came out of our discussions. Pastor Daniel, Pastor Taylor and I have been talking about all the, um, what the next technological wave might be. You know, there's always one on the horizon and how it might impact the church. And to be honest, we can get a little worked up. We can get worked up if it doesn't align with scripture. We can get a little worked up if we don't think it's the work of Mark Zuckerberg instead of the Holy Spirit. I mean, is there no end of the ways that guy wants to destroy civilization? But that's a whole nother message. I mean, we can get worked up wondering is, is, is just, you know, it, it's kind of like in Jurassic Park when that guy said, just because you could, does it mean you should? And there are things there. And I'm, I'm, some of you know I'm talking about the metaverse. I mean, Lord only knows what that is going to do to separate people more and to make us more isolated and all those different things. But that's just my cursory, my age-appropriate response right now. But I'm, I'm probably right. And so... <laughs> Uh, we, can, we, we worry about those things. And my aha moment came, you know, it's kind of like in Godfather 2. Do you remember when Michael Corleone, and he, he, he's at that party, and he, he, he takes Fredo, and he plants one right on his lips, and he says, I knew it was you, Fredo. I knew it was you. And does that work for anybody? I thought that was a great one. <laughs> I knew it was you. Well, I, I, my fresh revelation is I, I, I realize that a lot of what we're dealing with today is, is the bad guy behind the bad guy behind the bad guy. You know how I know that? Ephesians 6 said this, take your stand against the devil's schemes. Hello? Stay with me. Take your place or, or take your stand against the devil's scheme. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. These are the things that we're battling. And doesn't that make perfect sense to you today when you look around? Honestly, you look at our world and you look at our culture, you look every, anywhere you wanna look, and we see the anger, we see the chaos, we see the resentment, we see the bitterness, we see all these things that are rampant around the globe today. Honestly, it's as if someone is stoking the fire, tempting people, calling people to be angry, putting things in their path that make them ever more angry, turning brother against brother, friend against friend, Christian against Christian. And we're not just seeing it, we're living it today. The dangerous thinking that's all around us, the, the dangerous thinking that on the far left and the dangerous thinking on the far right, and they're both insidious and bad. Our inability to achieve peace or equality or justice today relationships, even things like something as, as basic as human sexuality, the value of human life, that which is in the womb and, and, the, and, the, and the elderly has been devalued. 
we, we talk a good game, but we don't care about life like we used to. The political destab, destab, boy, destabilization around the world. Every, every democracy is in a bit of turmoil and trouble today. And then the things that are good and pure and worthy have been so redefined that we can't even recognize them anymore. Right? This is the world that we're living in. I mean, how many times have you looked around the world and said these words in some form or another? What the heck is going on? Right? Well, you were waiting for me to talk conspiracy. I've got one today. It's a conspiracy not made with human hands. I know you've all got some pet conspiracies out there, but I've always struggled against conspiracy because of my low view of humanity. There's no one smart enough. But there is one, and he is conspiring against you today. He is conspiring to take that which God would build up to destroy. His one goal in in, in this world and out of this world is to tear down and to create chaos and evil and to tear down whatever God wants to do in this world today. Its creator is the devil. And it's, and it's carried out by the spiritual forces that we just read about in Ephesians chapter 6. How do I know this? Is it something that I feel? Well, I do feel it, but it's actually because the Bible confirms it. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. There are battles going on that you cannot certainly understand completely today because they're taking place in the heavenly realm. This evil, this chaos, these schemes, these, that are, these global lies are not of this world. And why we, you know, it's crazy. While we've been anguishing over one pandemic, there's been another pandemic going on. Right? We're worried about one that can kill the body. What about the pandemic that kills the soul? What about that one? Where people are dying left and right. Souls are being stolen. Wonder if we weren't misdirected thinking about the physical while a pandemic of evil is destroying things at a far greater pace and far more damaging than the coronavirus. A pandemic not weakening our bodies but threatening our souls. And we've attributed these things to the foolish. We've attributed this to the silly. We've thought that there's a cabal somewhere. Well, there is, pal, but it's not of this world. There is one out of this world. And I'm going to tell you something. We made the devil smile every time we failed to take the warning of Scripture seriously and not recognize him for who he is. Pastor Ray, are you seriously telling me that we face far more spiritual than uh, something far more spiritual than physical? Yes. Yes, I am. Pastor Ray, are you telling us the devil is behind all the destructive forces we see in the world today? Yes, I am. Are you saying there are forces at work in my life meant to destroy my faith, my family, and my future? Absolutely. That's what I'm saying today. Pastor Ray, how can I move forward? Well, I'm going to give you some ways. Number one, uh, if you want to move forward, I, I love that. I, I, I just love the graphic here. There's someone who's always swimming upstream. Do you want to swim upstream against culture today? Well, then number one, the way to do that, the way to move forward, number one is this. You got to know your enemy. You got to know what you're dealing with today. It's odd to think that with our 21st century minds, we would contemplate the existence of the devil 
and even that falls right within his plan for you. Charles Baudelaire said this, the devil's finest trick is to persuade you that he does not exist. That's a good trick. To make you think the devil, he, he doesn't exist. And yet the devil is known in scripture. The different names for the devil are these. He's known as Satan. He's known as uh, the deceiver. He's known as the accuser. He's known as the destroyer, as the angel of light, the great dragon, the serpent, Lucifer, murder, the father of lies, a liar, and a thief. That, that just sounds like it covers it, right? These are the things. Uh, yeah, but Pastor Ray, we're children of the enlightenment. Yeah, and that's a whole other message. Uh, we don't believe in things like that anymore. Really? Jesus believed in the devil. Jesus believed in the devil. And I just got this feeling that if Jesus believed in the devil, how many think we should? I mean, John chapter eight, verse 44, Jesus talking to, I'm pretty sure a religious crowd said this, you are the father of the devil and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. And when he lies, he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and he is the father of lies. Jesus said in John 10 and 10, there's a thief, meaning Satan, who comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy today. One writer said that to Jesus, you know, for us, we look at the devil as the, the Halloween good angel, bad angel, and we laugh at it. Sometimes we equate the angel with Lord Voldemort out of Harry Potter or something not real. And yet Jesus said, indeed, he is very real. He is the father of lies. There is no truth in him. The very nature, his very nature says to lie. He is a murderer. He is a thief, a destroyer. In John chapter 12, 14, and 16, Jesus calls the devil the, the prince of this world, the highest designation he can think of. He is the prince of this world, creating havoc and chaos and disaster all around him. There are circumstances, I, I grant you, that I put down to my own foolishness. I make mistakes and so do you. There are some times where it's, it's culture, cultural pressure that makes us do certain things. I get all that. But, but that's different today. What we're looking at is a concerted effort by the enemy of your soul to destroy anything good God wants to do in you and in our world today. Everyone's still awake? It's important today. Throughout history, Satan has been at war. The devil's been at war with, with humanity. Make no mistake, the devil's plan is the enslavement, is the taking of the souls of men and women and to keep them as far away from God's purpose and plan as he possibly can. He wants to destroy all that is good and holy. The devil wants to create chaos and right now in our world, he's doing a great job of it. He wants to create conflict. He wants to create disruption and he's doing a great job. Throughout, I almost wrote it this way, throughout history, the devil has been creating a counterculture but that's not true. Satan has been creating, the devil's been creating a culture. He's been creating his culture today, a culture with just enough truth in it to make it appealing. Hello? A culture with just enough truth that makes it appealing to us. That pulls even us Christians into its lies. And you want to know something? Sometimes the lies that Satan gives to the world today sometimes appear, appears logical Sometimes they appear reasonable, sometimes they appear logical, or excuse me, compassionate, and yet they are still lies. Did you hear what I just said? Some of the lies are reasonable, they're logical, and they're, they're, they're compassionate, and yet they are still lies. 
The Bible said in Proverbs 14 and 12, there's a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to, to death. And into this, this chaos, have, let me ask you this. Have, have you ever felt that you're not of this world? I mean, just in those quiet moments in your faith, in your walk with Jesus, have you ever felt like you, you just don't belong? Well, it's because you don't. Have you ever felt, as one writer said, have you ever felt like an outcast? It's because you are. Have you ever felt like an exile? It's because of Christ, that's exactly what you are. First Peter 1.1, 1, 1, Peter said to the exiles that are in, and then he lists all the different places in the known world. That's who you are. Jesus prayed this prayer. Father, don't take them out of the world, but he prayed... Don't let them be a part of the world. You're different. And if you don't know that, you should. Because you follow the Lord Jesus Christ, because we follow the Lord Jesus Christ, we're different. And we need to understand who the enemy is. You know, I always thought the Apostle Paul used the metaphor of, of military, put on the full armor of God because he was chained to a Roman soldier. But the more I think about it, that may or may not be true. I don't really know. But I'll tell you this, the Apostle Paul believed in warfare. He believed that Christians should be militarized. He believed that we should put on the full armor of God because he knew there would be no other way for us to stand, stand against, stand firm, stand our ground, apart from being fully clothed in the armor of God. We need the same mindset today and we need to understand what's at stake, nothing less than the souls of our friends and family. Last night, you know, I get, I get tired after a service and I'm not as young as I used to be and I want to just go home. Well, it turns out all my, I had family over it last night. And if you're watching this, no big deal. <laughs> um, but the four grandchildren were there. Four grandchildren were there. How many love grandchildren? Yeah. I do. Yeah. I'm not pausing because I'm thinking about my answer. I'm... <laughs> Actually, it was more serious than that. What kind of a culture are we leaving them? Liam. Astoria, Hawken, Harrison, Hattie, Willa, Emma, Mia, Grayson, and Parker. What? The enemy's after their souls. And it's time for grandma, grandpa, mom, and dad to put on the full armor of God and go do battle in Jesus' name. We need to understand what's at stake. It's time to stop fighting each other and start fighting the real enemy. Hello? It's time to stop fighting each other and start fighting the real enemy today. Well, number two, you not only need to know your enemy, you need to understand his tactics, you need to understand his strategy, you need to know the enemy's battle plans. You know, some of you will remember World War II, what, one of the things that helped turn the tide in World War II was the capture of a machine called the Enigma. The Enigma machine, it was a, it was a decoder. And the minute we could understand the Germans' plans and Hitler's plans, because we had one and they didn't know we had it, it changed the course of, of, of the war. We knew what they were going to do before they did it. 
How many know that when you know, when you know the enemy's plans before, it gives you a leg up? It gives you a, a, you can be a step ahead. Well, I'm going to give you some of those things today. You're going to know the, the, the battle plan of, of the enemy. By the way, 1 Peter 5 and 8 would say, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Those are the stakes today. We have to recognize, Chip Ingram said this, we must recognize how the evil one is working in this world and take a firm stand against him. It means we take careful thought concerning what we put in our minds, what we listen to, what we watch, and how we use our time. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 13, God looked at the, at the woman and asked this question, what is it that you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. You want to know the, sermon, the, the serpent's tactic? You want to know the devil's tactic? Are you ready? You may want to write this down. He's a liar. He's a stinking liar. He's the father of lies. And he lies to people and he lies to nations and he lies to, the, to those around the world and he instills lies that people are buying into left and right. He's the father of lies. That's his strategy. If something comes to you and you get that sense in your spirit that says, wait a minute, that doesn't feel right. Chances are good. He's, he's lying to you. It's a lie, and, and across our nation, people are falling into the lie, buying the lie today. Not only is he a liar, he's also the accuser. Have you ever been accused by Satan? You don't matter. You're not worth anything. You were an accident. They don't love you. You're not good enough. Jesus didn't die for you because you were too bad. He's the accuser and a liar today. And we're buying into that stuff. And we're saying we're not worthy when God has already declared through the cross, he, you, I, we, us, she, we're worthy today in Christ. The devil lies and he accuses and, and make no mistake, he's a thief. He steals joy. He steals love. He steals all the things that we hold value and we lift up as worthwhile. He steals them. He corrupts them. He tears them down today. He's a thief. And what we're seeing in our nation, he is a sower. He sows distrust. He sows disunity. He shows disharmony. He sows discord today. On top of all that, he is a counterfeiter. He's a counterfeiter today. God would do something good and the enemy counterfeits. An easy, an easy one is human sexuality. That which God meant to be good and pure and loving and, and would unite a, a, a couple. This over here, the enemy comes over here and, and perverts it and destroys it and turns it around. Pornography is just an easy one. One in three guys in, in the church, and ladies, you're not far behind, struggle with pornography, which destroys and turns upside down human sexuality and takes something beautiful and makes it less than. He's a counterfeiter today. Make no mistake, the enemy of your soul, he's a liar, he's a thief, he's an accuser, he's a counterfeiter, he's a thief today. And on top of that, he makes sin look good. He makes sin look good. I mean, who wakes up in the morning and says, well, I gotta go commit adultery today. I just thought of that. <laughs> gotta go, I don't want to, but. He makes sin look good. Makes it appealing. Makes the grass greener on the other side of the fence when it's only over the septic tank, but no one gets that.
C.S. Lewis said. And then she understood the devilish cunning of the enemy's plan. By mixing a little truth with it, they had made their life far stronger. A little bit of truth to make the lie appear better or stronger. So you need to know your enemy. You need to know his strategy. You need to acknowledge his strategy and see how it applies to your life. And thirdly, you need to know where to stand. Four or five times in this passage, he says, stand, stand against, stand your ground, stand firm. And I think he uses it one more time to stand. The attacks of the enemy are going to come at you time and time again. Right? Now, when I say the enemy, I'm not saying the devil has time for you personally. He's not, a, he's a, he's not omniscient, omnipresent. He's just not, you know. But someone in that hierarchical, it's going to come against you. You need to stand. They're going to come. And here's the thing, friends. Listen closely. Trying to stand in your own strength or your own intelligence or your own emotional stamina or your guts or whatever is going to do one thing. You're going to get creamed. You're going to get beat up to no end. You want to know where you, the best place to stand when the enemy comes against you? I saw this last service during worship, which was phenomenal. You want to know the best place to stand? Right here. <laughs> right? That's why he said, put on the full armor. When it talks about the full armor of God, he's saying, let me paraphrase. He's saying, get as close to Jesus as you can. Get to, as close to Jesus as you can. We'll come back there. We stand with Jesus. He's our truth. He's our faith. Uh, he's our righteousness. He's our peace. He's our salvation. He's all of these things. He's the way forward. It's being in the presence and standing in the presence of Jesus. We stand because we have to put on the full armor of God. And that, that involves our, our relationship, our depth of maturity, our spirituality in Jesus Christ today. That's the full armor of God. And because of Christ, not because of me, not because of you, but because of who Jesus is, we can stand when we'd rather run. We can stand when we'd rather quit. We can stand when we'd rather give up. Not because of who I am, but because of who he is. And what Jesus has already accomplished on the cross. We'll come back to that in a minute. Martin Luther stood before the Diet of Worms. And that's not a new Weight Watchers thing. It was a conclave of religious people. And uh, accused of heresy for preaching that a person is saved by faith alone. After being condemned, he said this. My conscience is captive to the word of God. Here I stand. I cannot do otherwise. You get enough of Jesus inside of you. And you are walking by faith. And you are clothed in his peace and in his presence, in his righteousness, in the word of God, the, the sword of the spirit. When the enemy comes against you, you will say these words, I, I stand because I cannot do otherwise. I will stand because of Christ. We do not stand in our own strength, but in the strength of the power of God living within us today. You know, it isn't easy standing in the face of attacks, I'll just be honest. I love this song. I, I love it. I love that song they sing, We Believe in Miracles. I really do. But sometimes miracles coming are painful. Sometimes they hurt. 
Sometimes before victory, you're going to experience some pain. You just are. Sometimes you're going to look up and you're going to see the battle and you're going to wonder what's going on. Sometimes something will happen in your heart or in your life or in a relationship and you will be shell-shocked and not know what's going on. Is that okay to say? God's still God and God's going to bring you through, but it can be painful. And in those moments where you feel like you can't remember what the passage said, stand firm. Stand firm. Stand your ground. The way forward is to not only know your enemy, not only understand his attacks, not only know where to stand, but number four would be to prepare for battle because it's coming. The battle is raging all around us. Whether you or I are engaged or not, make no mistake, the battle is happening all around us. And the consequences and the fatalities and and the casualties are real. It's happening all around us today. I I could reread this, but I won't. But it said, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. We prepare for battle by clothing ourselves in Christ. Catch this, I'm almost done. It's, we, we clothe ourselves in the truth that is found in Christ. We clothe ourselves in the righteousness that comes, not from me, but the righteousness that is in Christ. In other words, I, I yield everything about me to the, to the person and to the calling of Christ in my life. I live in the gospel of peace that only Jesus can give. I, lean by, I, I live by faith. I learn to trust in Christ. I live by the word of God. I, I walk in obedience. I know that salvation is of the Lord. And I know if I'm gonna have any recourse against the enemy, I'm gonna have to take and allow the Holy Spirit to just take this and use it like a sword and cut deep because of who Jesus is. These are the callings. The reason we struggle is we're trying to walk on our own strength. The reason we struggle sometimes in our faith is because we ignore the call of God. We ignore the word of God. We ignore that still small voice because we think we've got it together and we can handle it. The short answer is you can't. We're not equipped, we need Jesus. Sometimes we walk in our own strength, sometimes we walk unprepared. And that's why the roaring lion gets to have dinner because we walk in our own strength. Let me close with this thought. The way forward is to have a a good understanding of knowing who wins. John Mark Comer, I'm gonna recommend a book to you. John Mark Comer wrote the book, uh, Live No Lies. And boy, it's a good book. I, I just started it. It's a good book. Listen to this metaphor, this this analogy. On on June 6, 1944, I believe that was D-Day, when when those thousands and thousands and thousands of soldiers from around the world gathered and hit the beaches of Normandy in France. When they hit those five different beaches, I can't, I can only remember one or two, Utah Beach, never mind, Sword Beach and a couple others, three, three others. When they hit that beach, Hitler's days were numbered. I mean, effectively, at that moment, when they hit that beach and they were going to invade, Hitler was done. He was finished. The point is, though, is that between the landing at D-Day, and I've walked on those beaches, it's, it's amazing to think. From that point, they still had to get to Berlin. 
Point being, there were still battles to wage and battles to fight. Because they knew once they got to Berlin, it was over, over. When Jesus died on the cross, he rose again three days later. Satan was effectively finished right then. He was done. Jesus accomplished the victory over sin, death, and the grave. But there's still the journey to Berlin. There's still the point we have to hang in there until Jesus comes again. And there's nobody more dangerous than somebody who has nothing to lose. There's nothing more dangerous than a wounded animal who will do everything they can to destroy, to steal, to kill, and destroy. There's no one more dangerous. And so you need to know, Jesus has already won the victory. And, and one day, Jesus is coming back to establish all the things we long for as Christ followers. His rule, his righteousness, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more injustice, no more inequality, no more of those things. Because Jesus has done it all. He's, he's the finished work of Christ. But between then and then, you and I are going to have to gear up. It's not only that we, we do it for, to protect ourselves. We have to put on the full, full armor of God because we got to go out there. We've got we've to we've spearhead a movement into culture. It's not to protect us in here. It's to wear the full battle gear so that we can go out there and touch hearts and lives with the call of Jesus Christ. It's to make a difference. This isn't defensive in nature, the armor of God. It's offensive. When he said the gates of hell will not prevail, he didn't mean the gates of hell were coming toward you. He meant the gates of hell were going there and we were gonna walk and we were gonna kick them down. Because we knew that the battle is the Lord's. And he will do exceedingly more than we can ask or think. We are more than conquerors through Christ. I can do all things in him. Your role is not to be a worm. It's to be a mighty warrior. It's to go in the name of Jesus and reclaim that which has been stolen. To say to the accuser, to people who are believing the lie, your accuser's a liar. You have worth today because Jesus died for you. Who do you want to be today? Who do you want to be? I want to be like Jesus. I want to wear the full armor of God. I want to know that though there will be battles and sometimes you will hurt deeply because it feels like you're all alone. You're not. The Bible said in verse 18, make sure that you understand one of your greatest weapons is prayer. And when you're hurting and when you're down and when you feel like no one understands or cares, stand firm and lift up your eyes and say, Jesus, I can't do this in my own strength anymore. I need you. And he hears us when we pray. There's a devil and he's real. I know this for two reasons. One, the Bible tells me the devil is real. Number two, I've done business with him. That was a quote from D.L. Moody, by the way. I know he's real. I've seen the devastation and the harm that the, he has done to this world and to families. 
And I don't know about you, but I'm getting tired of it. I'm getting tired, brother fighting brother, Christian fighting Christian. Aren't you? Well, instead of feeling bad about it, let's go change it. Let's go and do something about it. Would you pray with me, Father? Hear our hearts cry today. So much more to say. But Lord, today, I pray that we would just sense your presence in this room. You are our champion. We can stand because you stood, because you died and rose again. Father, I pray a moving of your spirit in all of us today. Challenge our hearts. Make us think through your your word in Ephesians 6. Make us think about what it means to persevere. For some, we're saying, why does God allow this? It's because in these times when the Satan attacks, he grows us and, and forms us and helps us to become who we're called to be in Christ. Lord, I pray you would do the mighty and the the victorious thing in all of us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Stand with us as we worship together.